So ageism, aging out of leading worship, style wars, have we learned anything during this COVID experience? Are we going to face these same problems? And what are we going to do to fix it when we return to the church tomorrow? This is the Worship Team Training Podcast. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, what's up, podcast worship leaders, friends, and pastors? Thanks so much again for subscribing to the Worship Team Training Podcast. And we wanted to give you a little bit of a throwback today. I found a podcast episode that I did with Tony Guerrero and Tim Timmons, great buddies for years and years. We did a roundtable discussion on reaching our worship community in the throes of ageism, changing times, reaching different sets of folks pertaining to different music and styles. And I found that it's still relevant today. I don't know about you, but during this COVID experience, it's given us lots to think about. And I know one of the questions on my mind is, I don't want to go back making the same mistakes. I want to learn the things that God has taught me. So I just ask you, what will it be like? What will it be like when you return? What are some of the challenges that you're still facing now that maybe you still need a few more steps to go? Well, this podcast, I think will help answer some of those questions and get you thinking maybe for some new questions. But either way, there's something in it for everybody. So take a listen and I hope you enjoy. Tony, you actually pointed out uh, this topic, so you tell us, you know, what was your thoughts behind it? Ageism is the uh, the trend or the opinion that uh, in order to stay relevant, you must be of a certain age or even of of the age of the group you're reaching or trying to reach. Right. Um, and while there is a, there is certainly importance to connecting to a certain age group um, and and hitting all the little bullet points that matter to them, uh, I have I have the um, a very loud opinion that uh, I believe ageism is the issue of age is way overplayed in the worship world <clears throat> and I do definitely think authenticity is way more relevant than ageism or okay. than somebody's age and I do uh, <clears throat> I, I remember seeing um, Oh, who's the guy who wrote uh, Ragamuffin Gospel? Uh, Brennan Manning. Brennan Manning. Who, yeah. you know, the, the guy's, I don't know how old he is, 112 or something like that. Close to that, yeah. And I saw him hold a college age group just spellbound for the entire time he spoke. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and at the same time, I've seen uh, I, one of my favorite all time worship leaders is Morris Chapman, who's in his 70s. Oh, yeah. And same thing. I have seen him hold people who are, you know, he could be their great grandfather, and he's just hold held them in the palm of his hands in a worship set. Uh, mm. and, and so, you know, when I watch people like that, and right. I see uh, audience reactions to him from you know college age kids, mm-hmm. the the whole age argument just flies completely out the window with that for me. Mm. And um, you know, but by the same token, you're not going to see. Uh, Morris Chapman try to do the latest um, uh, I don't know uh, who's uh, David Crowderton you know <laughs> um, <laughs> because that kind of thing wouldn't work and it, and it wouldn't be up very authentic so I think uh, I, I see a lot of the especially frankly as I get older I, I'm closer to a lot of people who are aging out of current contemporary ministry mm-hmm. and uh, I just think the I think the idea behind that is pretty overplayed and um 
not very well thought out by those who are making some of those calls. Mm. And now I also do know know people who are aging out, and the reason they're aging out is because they aren't growing or they're not making an effort to understand new things. Uh, that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I but I I know guys who have uh, aged out of their ministry, so to speak, who. Um, are younger than people who are not aging out of their ministry, and it's, mm-hmm. it has to do more. Does that make sense? It has to do yeah. more with, uh, you know, authenticity, uh, the the willingness to learn new things and to um, to grow. Uh, I don't want to just say change because you know changing with trends. It's like catching the wind, but uh, but growing where you're adding new. Um, new things to your arsenal, that kind of thing. I, I think all of that is valid, and I think that is something that, as we get older, we need to make sure to do. Um, I'll just keep talking because I'm sounding so smart right now. But I was going to say, but I, I was going to say, as a as a music producer, I've learned in my own life that if I want a record to sound like a bunch of 21 year old kids rocking out, I'm not the guy who's going to produce that record. It's mm-hmm. got to be somebody who's who's closer to that. That doesn't mean I don't know how to press all the right buttons or I don't understand what this musician's doing. But there is a certain element of that that does. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to sound like a 20-year-old, you've got to get a 20-year-old. Right. And, uh, and by the same token, a 20-year-old very often can't play with the level of maturity of a lot of uh, musicians I get to work with who are twice that age. Right. And, uh, you know, all of that is definitely connected, but does that, does that mean that somebody uh, has no relevance in that uh, part of the industry? I mean, all you have to do is watch... Uh, I don't know American Idol and see Jimmy Iovine, who's you know still got his pulse, or, or uh, uh, who's the uh, Steve uh, Steven Tyler. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about Steven. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's <laughs> well, had a he's pulse still, for a long time. His lips are still there. But uh, anyways, uh, there's plenty of examples of people who are way older than the uh, the years that they are uh, that they still have their finger on. You know, right? Um, so I don't know. I think uh, seeing that in in worship is a shame. Mm. Tim, what's your thought? Well, yeah, I, I really I agree. With you, Tony. I mean, there are just certain pushbacks, not even pushbacks, but just different uh, factors. So the speaker, you've got Brennan Manning, who is amazing. And there are different styles of speaking, obviously. Um, and there's an older style of speaking. There's a younger style of speaking. He just has exactly what you're saying. He is just, I mean, he bleeds authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, you know, it, it goes kind of back to style wars a little bit, you know, which could have been the the fourth issue that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, because, kids. cause you've got, you've got him and he, if he was singing his message, um, it might be a little bit different. True. Yeah. You, you, I mean, that it just, you don't, you don't know. Um, they're just, the styles and speaking are, are fewer. And I think there's just a, you, you hear the old time, um, Singers sing their gospel songs, right. and I would just this because of style wars, people are wanting what they want and what connects with them because music has this connection that feels authentic. Hmm. Um, I, I don't have an answer to it. I, I just I just see it as an adding problem to ageism. Is uh, you know that there's a worship leader that I know that's an older dude, great great guy amazing man respect him as a man like crazy uh, but his music's just really old sounding now mm-hmm. i because i'm a professional worshiper i can worship with that it's so easy for me to do but other you're people, a professional worshiper yeah I what get, does that I get, mean i get paid to to lead people you get paid in worship. to worship 
I do. Wow. How do you sign up for that? <laughs> I know. Trust me. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just a kind of a professional worshiper. Um, but I think there's there, anybody. Uh, um, Tony. Okay. Yeah. There, there are just, there are, there's something to be said about the styles, style wars, and the. Um, right. I'm just saying that's a factor in all this. That's. Awesome. I think. Uh, I think the problem, or part of the part of the uh, issue there, is that worship is not very well taught hmm. by senior leadership, and so. Okay, for, go with that. For many, well, I am for <laughs> for many people. <laughs> I mean, for many people, that, that's why the um, you know the trend in worship conferences and and in worship discussions over the last ten years is this whole uh, you know worship is not a uh, not a style; it's a lifestyle, or it's it's not about music. Yeah. It's a you know life. Uh, the reason that we even have to say that or keep repeating it, it's not because everybody hasn't heard it a million times. It's because very few people really understand that and really live it and right. uh, and many um, and I, I say this from my own experience because I've seen it uh, senior pastors or senior leadership whether it's worship leaders whoever it is that really has the uh, responsibility to their congregation allows worship to be about music there right. is not there is not a single drum beat that is more sanctified and holy than another one and so you take a rock be or you know maybe uh, I shouldn't use drums because those aren't necessarily in every style of worship don't offend but, anybody but a you know a chord progression or a, a type of instrument sound there's not a single one of those that has anything to do with worship it is just a tool that uh, connects little nerve nerves in your brain and affects us all different ways those are it's just tools and so when you lose sight of uh, worship being a direct response and now I'm now I am focusing just on music but when you use a, a music as a tool for worship um, when you lose sight of the actual connection between the worshiper and their God and the, the words that they're singing um, all of that stuff if, if that's not uh, if that is not well placed and well taught in that setting mm-hmm. then it is absolutely about music and then Morris Chapman cannot lead a high school kid Right, but hmm. if that high school wow. kid understands um, that at this moment they're connecting to God and these words, whatever they are, how great Thou art, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the beat is behind it, or or whether the guitars are distorted or there's an organ playing. When they're connecting to those uh, those lyrics, um, I always place way more value on lyrical content than on musical style, because obviously that's what matters, and that's uh, you know you can recite the words to a, uh, a song and still have a worship experience with no music going on. Right. So music, right. music is, I look Church, at music Church of Christ. as, <laughs> <laughs> I, music is God's gift to us. That's what I feel like. It's, uh, that, that's God's gift to us. He gave us this thing that is so enjoyable and that we have so many options of and we can make choices. That's a gift to us. Um, giving it back to him is just part of everything we're supposed to give back to him. You know, to, to we're supposed to give everything we have to him. So it's his, and we're we're whatever borrowing music from him right now. He's he's giving it to us. He could take it away. He could silence yeah. our ears in an instant. Right. You know, none of that none of that matters if we if we let that matter more than the direct connection. Then 
all of the, that's where all these issues come from the style wars the ageism totally. all of that stuff right. it all comes from our human right. uh, uh, shortcomings and our lack of uh, very often our lack of understanding of that direct connection in worship that's that where was, all of those all of those things come from from I totally that that's kind of yeah. what I was trying to like aim at is is that being part of the problem and so Tony I think the the question is is how do we as leaders oftentimes uh, senior leadership um, doesn't I mean everybody believes that but why why are we in the place that we're in right now and how because we're we lazy well <laughs> it's true we're lazy Speak for yourself no no it's it, I think well I'll let you finish go ahead sorry well <laughs> how do we uh, how do we do something about that now when basically um, you know as you look everywhere I this is something that I'm just learning and watching and, you know, we're starting a church. I'm starting a church with um, a couple friends around here and our end game is not to get people in our doors. Um, and I, I've, that's just the, the end game of most senior leadership. Obviously there's a beautiful side to it, but there's still a game of end game of going, no, we want people inside these, you know, inside these seats. So, yeah, how do we teach like this? Um, I guess it's kind of why are we why are we even gathering? Well, why are we singing? Well, let me. Add, I'll answer the first part with my um, my view on that, which is the reason that these things are issues still, and the reason that people don't understand what we're you know that the issue we're talking about. Uh, or understand worship in that way is because we are lazy. We are a lazy culture. Mm-hmm. And the best example I can give of give that's coming to my mind right now is to go back to the origin of the tune Heart of Worship and Matt Redmond's church. And what happened in that time, what where that song came out of was the senior pastor saying, We're putting all of this away. All of the all the lights, all the instruments, everything we are you know, we're killing all the stuff that you love about worship. The yeah. the instruments, the the show, the music, all whatever it is, we're killing that and we're coming back to what the heart of worship is. And then the music and all of these things that will be added to it will grow out of a real response and not out of a show. And uh, and that mm. you know, I may not be describing that well, but I would invite you to if you're listening to look into the origin of that song and let Matt Redmond tell that story. But that's a really good example of a, of a pastor uh, leader looking at a long-term solution, not a quick fix for this weekend, which so many decisions in the church are quick fixes, um, to look at a long-term solution and not, and not be lazy uh, in, the, uh, in the decision to do something that's difficult and hard and where you may lose people or you may uh, end up with more frustrated people than you had before when it was just you know two sides to the issue or whatever. Um, Right. And, and I think we're lazy. We don't take the time, time to really teach that. Or if we're going to teach about worship and really understanding it, it's, it's a one-weekend message, you know, which, you know, you're given 40 minutes to it or whatever it is. Uh, we're just a lazy culture. And I think you can't – the fact that this thing has been going – you know, I remember talking to a guy who uh, – he's probably in his late 50s now. And um, I was in some meeting where they were talking about – trying to reach the kids and trying to reach the college age and, and everybody was talking about what needed to be done and all you know and it all came down to style all these things and he just started laughing and I talked I, when I talked to him later you know what, what was so funny he said 
He said, I was just flashing back to having this exact same meeting back in 1978. <laughs> you know, this problem does not go away. And it's going to be, you know, the kids who are in college now are someday going to be leading. They're going to be senior pastors trying to figure out how to reach the kids of the 2030s. And it's that's just going to be the way it is because that's our human nature that comes into it. We get lazy. We don't want to do the real work that, that sometimes means dissolving something that tends to be working or is bringing in tithes or whatever. We don't allow ourselves uh, to just totally wipe all that out and trust God with the process. And, you know, I, I, I just think it's laziness. Hmm. Am I done? <laughs> Tim, that was great. Thanks, yeah, thank man. you. Thank you. Uh, one rebuttal, Tim, go. I don't really have one. I, it, this, it's, uh, I, I wish there was... A beautiful, easy answer, and man, this is what this is what needs to happen, or this is what hap- what's happening, and uh, I don't. I, there, there's nothing great to say. It's That's just, a great it, thought. I'm sorry. I mean, Thanks. it's just it's just really a difficult issue, and we're all going to be there. Um, yeah. And I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that I think is a, an issue also. <laughs> I'm so okay. I'm so opinionated. Sometimes it makes my own. You're self telling sick. us quite a bit. I mean, we I got you know so much time here. Well, it, here here's the thing. I and uh, and you guys are both worship leaders. I'm not. So this is easier for me to say. I, I'm a musician, mm-hmm. music director guy. Yeah. Right. Right. So this is way easier for me to say, and and uh, and maybe sure. I may be directly attacking something that you guys do. But Get ready, Tim. I've never been a huge fan of the single worship leader model. Mm. That one person is in charge of the whole shebang and the whole department and all of that. Uh, I've just always had an issue with that because there is no possible way to, one, not not create a star out of that worship leader, and two, to not create a, um, a creative and stylistic, um, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Roadblock Vacu- or, or, or... Vacuum? vacuum or yeah there's no way that's not going to happen you put if you put me in charge of everything everything's going to reflect me there's no way around it right right um and so for me i what i love and i and i've only seen this in a few places and in fact i saw it recently because i was at uh tim i don't know if you were there but we did a, a benefit concert for uh, um, phil for phil christensen who's a, right. a kind of a legendary right. piano player producer in the christian world and had a big part to do with um you know, Christian worship over the last few decades. Right. And, uh, and there were so many people that came on that stage that, that crossed decades, you know, from the early seventies up to, uh, people who are right now, quote unquote, modern worship leaders, because he, he was involved with all of them. That night was so powerful and Hmm. such a great example of, throwing all the style wars out all the right. age ages amount and it was i mean i just i just picture like what what would a church look like if you showed up on sunday morning and you didn't know who the quote unquote worship leader was because there were multiple people leading mm. and you went from that's true the 20 year olds singing this tune and then the 60 year olds gonna lead this tune and then it's gonna shift to this guy and what if you just didn't know who the star was well that kind of goes back to the ageism thing as far as leveling the playing field that's what you're saying in a sense kind of i i just i, I just i'm gonna stop talking I'm, i just got sick of myself <laughs> he's on <laughs> he's on a roll ladies and gentlemen 
Hey friends, thanks so much again for joining us today on our throwback podcast episode with great friends, Tony Guerrero and Tim Timmons. Everything that these guys had to say is still relevant for us today. No matter how much time has passed, we still face the same topics and issues in the church while leading worship, leading within our staffs, and also among our people in the community. So what spoke out to you today? Drop me a line. Email me at Brannon at worshipteamtraining.com. That's B-R-A-N-O-N at worshipteamtraining.com. And thanks so much for sending your messages and questions our way as we can address those and help you and your worship team. Thanks for checking us out at worshipteamtraining.com. And also be sure to pick up your free subscription plan at wttu.co. Guys, we look forward to coming back to you again, and we ask if you enjoyed this podcast and it brought something to your heart and mind to inspire and encourage you, if you would, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, drop us a comment, and better yet, share this out with your friends and with your team. Guys, we love you, and remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about letting the Lord Jesus lead you both in life and in worship. Love you, and see you guys very soon. Bye. This has been a worship team training broadcast and digital production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship team training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com.